God blesses us, it's true with Christians, and as he provides for us, we will either be a Sea of Galilee Christian, or we will be a Dead Sea Christian. What God gives us, he expects it to flow out and to go out to others. It is a joy to be here. Thank you for allowing my wife and I, Regina, to uh, be your guest. Regina's right here to my left. I'll have her stand. You'll meet her this week, but we're very grateful to be here. This December the 14th will be 50 years we'll be married. And so we'll celebrate our 50th anniversary, and we're excited about that. And I, uh, I said to your pastor, I told him the secret uh, for us was I told her when we got married, if she ever left me, I was going with her. And it, and it worked. And so we're very grateful uh, tonight to be here. Thank you for allowing us. You know, Oswald Smith said the mission of the church is missions. And uh, your pastor understands that. And any church that's not seriously involved in helping fulfill the Great Commission, Saunders says, has forfeited its biblical right to exist. You know, when you come to a missions conference, I think Hudson Taylor had it right. He said, expect great things from God and attempt great things for God. And that's what your pastor is asking you to do, to pray and to ask the Lord to show you what his will is. William Carey, the father of modern missions, said the Great Commission is not an option to be considered. It's a command that must be obeyed. And so tonight, I want to talk to you about that. And, uh, you know, many of us understand what missions is about. Some here don't understand your part. Let me give you something to think about. You know, it's been said, without God, we can't. Isn't that true? Without God, we can't. But without us, He won't. So what we decide tonight in this meeting, as we move forward, will determine what you're going to do for worldwide missions. I, uh, I know many Christians want Paul's theology. They want his triumph, but they don't want his trials and certainly not his troubles. But tonight, as we come, we're going to read in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, where Paul wrote and said, Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, how that in a, a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty, the Bible says, uh, abounded unto the riches of their liberality. For to their power I bear record, and yea, beyond their power, they were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty, that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. It says in 2 Corinthians 8 and verse 5, And this they did, not as we hope, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God, insomuch that we desired Titus, that as he had begun, so he would also finish in the same grace also. Therefore, as you abound in everything, in faith, in utterance, in knowledge, and in all diligence, and in your love to us, See that you abound in this grace also. And I speak not by commandment, but by occasion of the forwardness of others, and to prove the sincerity of your love. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. And herein I give my advice, for this is expedient for you who have begun before, not only to do, but also to be forward a year ago. Now therefore perform the doing of it, that as there was a readiness to will, so there may be a performance also out of that which ye have. Tonight I've invited you to come to a place that I'm calling a fresh look at Faith Promise Missions. Missions is not something that this church is not familiar. Your pastor's heart uh, beats for missions. I've talked to him in private. I've talked to him uh, over a meal and I've listened to him as he has shared the passion for taking the gospel. And I know tonight that this is not something that you're not familiar. Years ago, there was a breakfast cereal by Kellogg's that was really the poster child of of their franchise known as Kellogg's Corn Flakes. How many of you have ever had a bowl of Kellogg's Corn Flakes? Well, several years ago, they were eclipsed in sales by cereals that were a lot more popular like uh, Fruit Loops and Lucky Charms and um, all of the sweet types of cereal. Like I know you were nodding when I said them. And Kellogg's Corn Flakes was losing ground. And so they tried to figure out what could we do to market them and get people to become more attentive to them. They had been moved to the back of the shelf. What could we do to move them to the front? And they came up with this brilliant uh, idea. And they perhaps you've heard it, but they said to this marketing Kellogg's Corn Flakes, they said this, taste them again for the first time. And that's what I'm going to ask you to do tonight. You might yawn a little bit and say, well, I'm familiar with missions and I know all about this. Would you not do that? Would you realize the urgency of this meeting demands that we not just hurry up and and pass on? Uh, Let us taste it again. Let us taste it again for the first time. You see, the gospel, the gospel goes from the cross through the church to the world. And I believe with all of my heart that this theme is, is a wonderful, wonderful theme. C.T. Studd said, Christ wants not nibblers of the possible, but grabbers of the impossible. The world may seem to be headed on a track that nothing that we do can make a difference. But if you'll take a rope. If you'll take hold of the rope, you could become part of the answer until Jesus comes again. I want to remind you that today is one of the most important business meetings for your church all year long. You will vote about a lot of things in in a business meeting. You'll desire to do many things. But this week, you will cast your vote for what you and your church will do for worldwide evangelism. So from God's word tonight, I want to challenge you to begin praying about what the Lord would have you to do. I noticed that uh, there's a wonderful faith promise card. I hope you have it. Pastor uh, has made them and I hope that you'll take them and I hope that you won't quickly fill it out. I hope that you'll use this and pray over it and, and, and 
Keep it in front of you as you begin to, to move forward in making your decision to come help us hold the rope. Now tonight, what I would like to do is to share with you some basic truths and help you to taste faith promise missions again for the first time. First of all, what is faith promise offering? What is the faith promise offering for missions? May I say the faith promise offering is a biblical plan or method of giving over and above your tithe for worldwide evangelism. It's very important that you understand that uh, this is true. Do you know it's a biblical plan? And as we look at it, would we not agree that faith is biblical? Can I get an amen on that? The Bible says, for by grace are you saved through faith. Not only is faith biblical, uh, we are saved by faith. We are to live by faith. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. And not only are we saved by faith and we live by faith, but we're to walk by faith. And without faith, we cannot please God. So A.W. Tozier said the Bible recognizes no faith that does not lead to obedience, nor does it recognize any obedience that does not spring from faith. He says the two are opposite sides of the same coin. So number one, let us realize that faith is biblical. Number two, notice promise is biblical. In Psalm 76, it says, Vow and pay unto the Lord your God, and let all that be round about him bring presents unto him that ought to be feared. A promise to God is a biblical concept. And God loves it when we make our commitment that broad and that deep that we commit ourselves unto him. So faith is biblical. Promise is biblical. And do you know that offerings are biblical? In Malachi 3, it says, Will a man rob God, yet you have robbed me? And you say, Wherein have we robbed thee? And the answer is in Malachi, he says, In tithes and in offerings. Now, I think it's very important for us to understand this truth that offerings are biblical. Now, you must never, never confuse the difference between a tithe and an offering. I've often shared that the tithe belongs to God. It's the first of all that God's given us. The tithe belongs to him. Matter of fact, I have said a tithe proves you're honest. But an offering is above your tithe. A tithe proves you're honest, but an offering proves your love. That's why Paul said, let us prove the sincerity of our love. And so when we think about these offerings... I've always seen that when people understand that the tithe belongs to God and my offering is anything above the tithe, that's called an offering. And so tonight, they are biblical. The faith promise offering is centered on missions. It's not on your general budget that your bills are paid from your missions offering. It's not that which pays the electric bill or your lease or perhaps the buses on your vans or takes care of the maintenance of your building. This is a missions offering. And as we give it, nothing is closer to the heart of God than reaching souls for Christ. Christ died for the whole world and Christ is not willing that any should perish. And the world needs to hear of Christ's provision for their salvation. Remember this, the gospel is only good news if it gets there on time. And so tonight, let us recognize that they cannot hear without a preacher, 
and the preachers must be sent, and sending involves praying and paying for the needs of the missionaries' financial support. So what is faith promise offerings? They're biblical. Number two, why do we use the faith promise method? First of all, to prove and demonstrate our love for God. The Bible tells us that in verse 8, it says, I speak not but by commandment, but by occasion of the forwardness of others and to prove the sincerity of your love. You know, Roderick Davis said, love is the root of missions, but sacrifice is the fruit of missions. Amy Carmichael said, you can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. And you see tonight, why do we use the faith promise method? It's because it proves and demonstrates our love for God. I have a friend, his name is Dr. Charles Keene, and he had a little girl and he and his wife and family were traveling and uh, his little girl had a little baby doll. And uh, the little baby doll was a little doll that had been loved and, uh, for several years and she had loved the yarn of, for her hair and the buttons off, but she loved that little baby doll. Matter of fact, the name of the baby doll was Miss Beasley. Now, who would name a doll Miss Beasley? But that was the name of the baby doll. And uh, one day they were traveling and they were preaching. And that night they went back to the motel room and they had to leave early the next morning to go to a meeting. And as they got out early that morning, they just lifted her in her pajamas right out of the bed, put her in the back seat and made sure she was warm and comfortable, got in the car, and they were an hour down the road before she ever woke up. Have you ever done that? Have you ever traveled like that with your children? Well, she did wake up, and when she woke up, she began to whimper and cry. And they said, what's wrong? And she said, I can't find Miss Beasley. And they began to look and try to find the baby doll and and the girl became very sad and crying. And the wife, Dr. King's wife, said to him, what are you going to do? Now, he said to me, he was thinking the whole time that she was crying. They were an hour away and they didn't really have a lot of time to go back and get Miss Beasley. And he said to me, he confessed, you know, I never really did like Miss Beasley. He said, the truth is, at that point, I think I actually hated Miss Beasley. But he said, you know what, Pastor? I may not have loved Miss Beasley, but I loved somebody that loved Miss Beasley. And that's why I went back to get her. You know, I may not love sinners but I love somebody that does love sinners. I love Jesus. And tonight, that's what motivates us. Why do we use faith promise? It's to prove and demonstrate our love and to carry out the Great Commission. I believe that the Bible is not the basis of missions. Pastor, I believe missions is the basis of the Bible. If we take missions out of the Bible... You'll have nothing left but its covers. We're to abound in the grace of giving. In 2 Corinthians, it says, As you abound in everything, in faith and utterance and knowledge, and in all diligence and in your love to us, 
See that you abound in this grace also. The Bible says God loves a cheerful giver. God loves it when we give cheerfully. I've often said this. Maybe you want to write it down. God loves a cheerful giver. But he'll take it from a grouch. You can just decide what type of a giver are we going to be. So as we think about this, we're to abound in the grace of giving and we're to follow Christ's example in giving. Back in the 1930s of our country, there was a great depression and missions started to lose its support. And and J.G. Morrison pleaded with the church he pastored and he asked this question. It's the question I think demands of us as well. He said to his church, can't we, can't we all do just a little bit more? Can't we all do just a little bit more? So we do it because we want to bring glory to God. Whatever we do and whatever we say and whatever we give, we do it not for the praise of men, but we do it for souls to be saved and for the glory of God. Now, how does God provide for our faith promise offering? I know that some of you are thinking, I'm already giving I don't know that I could give anymore. I don't know that I have the ability to do anymore. Let me just give you some suggestions on how does God provide for our faith promise offering. Number one, through our abundance. God provides through our abundance. In verse 19 of Psalm 68 says, Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth with benefits. How many would say God has been good to us? God's been good to me. Well, we give out of our abundance. Not only do we see through our abundance, but secondly, through a sacrifice. In 2 Samuel 24, King David said to Arana, uh, I will buy the land. I will buy what's necessary to make the sacrifice. And, And Arana said, oh, no, I'll give it to you. Take it all. But David said, I will not offer unto the Lord my God of that which does cost me nothing. When we give, it ought to cost us something. And as we do that, how do we see that God provides? We give through our abundance. We give through our sacrifice. Hey, here's another way. You know how we can give? We give through good management. We might sit down this week and start thinking about what could I do? What could I sacrifice or what could I cut out just to dedicate to world missions? And maybe you don't know, but there maybe there's some ways that you can do it. In Proverbs 21, it says there's treasure to be desired and oil in the dwelling of the wise. But a foolish man will spend it up. It's so true. We have maybe within our means, the ability to give, if we just step back and thought about maybe in spending it on a cable or spending it on another car or a newer uh, model, that maybe maybe we could take and, and through that process be a better manager of our money through creativity. Proverbs 21 says, The thoughts of the diligent tend only to plenteousness, but of every one that is hasty only to want. You can be creative. I have a, different people in our church that were wonderful at that. They, they figured out ways that they could have an offering and give above their tithe and faith promise. Uh, we had our kids 
uh, that gave. Uh, I have a wife that was very good at this. She used, of all things in our budget, she used coupons. I'm not sure if they have that in Canada, but she would use coupons to buy groceries and the money that she saved on that, she was able to give a faith promise and she was able to figure that out. And and uh, the fact is, I was the one that gave her the money to buy the groceries, but she was very creative. She figured out the money she could save, she could give to Faith Promise, and she did. We had kids in our church. I had one boy, Tina, he was just a young boy, he's only about eight or nine. He said, I can give Faith Promise. He said, I'm going to start saving cans and bottles. And they, in Oregon, they give you 10 cents each for one of those. And he started saving those and he started collecting them. And he gave an amazing amount of money through collecting cans and bottles to give. By the way, he did it for several years, for many years, until he got a job. And then, but he was creative. By the way, for the record, that young man that grew up in our church is now the pastor of our church. He's the one. He bought into this and he understands through creativity. Hey, there's another way through unexpected income. Maybe God will provide for you. You never saw it coming. Remember this is very important. God knows who he can bless with funds for missions. When God provides you with something, he knows if he, if he can trust you. It's not just to take it and put it in our pocket and keep it. He gives it to us and if he can trust us, it will flow through us and you have a faith promise offering. God knows that he can trust you. So through unexpected income, but let it all be clearly said through faith. God wants us at any measure to trust him with that. The more we know of God, the more unreservedly we will trust him. And the greater our progress in theology, the simpler and more childlike will be our faith. Finally tonight, what are the results of faith promise giving? So if I get involved, what are the results? Number one, souls are saved. Souls are saved. You know, how many have ever heard all roads lead to Rome? Have you ever heard that? It's not true. But for Christians, write this down. All roads lead to the judgment seat of Christ. All roads will lead to the judgment seat of Christ. I think of the song that says, Must I go in empty-handed? Thus my Redeemer meet. Not one day of service give him. Lay no trophies at his feet. Must I go and empty handed? Must I meet my Savior's soul? Not one soul with which to greet him. Must I empty handed go? Do in your missions giving what will bring you joy at the judgment seat of Christ. Souls are saved. Next, the financial needs of the missionaries are met, enabling them to go forth with the gospel. These missionaries, I see 22 over here in Canada, and, and I see these others, 100 plus missionaries around the world. They could not go if you did not give. Take the rope. The local church is enabled to carry out the Great Commission to the uttermost. God gave that command to us. And then God's people become channels to others. In just a moment, we'll be done. But let me remind you, the Bible says, given it shall be given unto you. 
good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. Let me draw a word picture and we'll be finished in just a moment. How many have ever looked in the back of your Bible at that book we call the book of maps? How many of you have maps in the back of your Bible? Back there, there's no doubt one that shows a clear picture of two bodies of water. One is called the Sea of Galilee. The other one is called the Dead Sea. How many have we got here tonight that have been to Israel? How many here? So a couple, three, wonderful. Well, you're familiar with that. And I, my wife and I were there in February. But here's what I want you to think about as we think about taking the rope. What's the difference between those two? I've always preached it and I've always heard it, but I saw it with my own eyes. If you look at the two bodies of water, there's one river that feeds both of them. Does anybody know what that river is? Say it. It's the Jordan River. It comes in from the north. Uh, Mount Hermon snow melts and a couple of other those tributaries come together and in the north of the Sea of Galilee, it flows in, and that water flows in, and then it goes all the way down to the bottom, and the Jordan River comes out and flows into the Dead Sea. Now, the difference between the two bodies, if you look at the Sea of Galilee, it's a very lush and very uh, fruitful area. It really did make the desert bloom. That water that goes out from the Sea of Galilee, it causes there to be fertile ground. And I've seen it with my own eyes. But if you look at the Dead Sea, you'll see that the water, the same river feeds it, but the water comes in and it all stays there. The difference is the same in churches. God blesses us. It's true with Christians. And as he provides for us, we will either be a Sea of Galilee Christian or we will be a Dead Sea Christian. What God gives us, he expects it to flow out and to go out to others. If we're Dead Sea Christian, then we hold it. And by the way, the same is true for the church. If we are Dead Sea Church, we are blessed and we have all this coming in, but it's, it stays contained. God never meant for it to be contained. He wants us to be Sea of Galilee Christians. Tonight, the Lord blesses and meets the needs of the missionaries as well as the collective needs of the local church. And ultimately, God is glorified. Now, I want you to step back tonight. In just a moment, we'll be going home. And I want you to take just a moment and realize that the missionary outreach of Grace Baptist Church is supported solely by the financial giving of God's people who by faith dedicated themselves to the task of underwriting the financial needs of missionaries supported by the church. And each year, this mission's emphasis to recommit ourselves to the task of worldwide evangelism. Now, with this in mind, let each of us decide how we're going to cast our vote for worldwide evangelism. Don't fill out that ballot yet. But here are the four choices. The first one is, I've not been involved with Faith Promise Missions, but by God's grace, I will start in this conference. Secondly, 
I am currently involved in faith promise and by God's grace, I want to increase my support so that we can send more missionaries to reach the loss. Third, I currently support faith promise, but I do not plan on increasing my offering. And I realize this means we cannot increase our outreach. Or number four, I do not support faith promise and do not plan to start. I realize that this is a vote to call every missionary home from foreign soil. Tonight, we're asking you to grab a rope. Andrew Murray said this in his book, Absolute Surrender. Here's something I hope that you'll consider. He said, Lord, make me willing to be willing. That's what we need to do tonight. And I would say tonight, if you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, the mission field starts with you. Please tonight, if you've never trusted Christ, give your heart to Jesus. Pastor, you come. Thank you for watching the message today. We invite you to join us again every Sunday and Wednesday for more inspiring messages from God's Word. Thank you.